Welcome. Welcome to the Better Than Yesterday Everyday Podcast, where we cover anything related to behavior change that will increase your long-term wellness and happiness. And now, here are your hosts, personal trainer and RNs, Matt and Jenna Lane. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Better Than Yesterday Everyday Podcast. Thank you so much for being here with us. My name is Matt. And my name's Jenna. We are the po- we're the post. We are the host of this here podcast, the Better Than Yesterday Everyday Podcast. This podcast is all about implementing behavior change for your long-term wellness and happiness. Having said that, we want to implement things that will bring you value, that will help with things that are not just fitness related, and that's today's topic. Today we're talking about $30,000 of debt and how we got out of it in a year and a half. Before we dive into the actual show itself, we wanted to say for the launch of this podcast, eight weeks after that, if you leave a review on iTunes and send me an email at matlanefitness at gmail.com, we're going to return that email with a free Better Than Yesterday Everyday Podcast t-shirt. We're very excited about this launch. Thank you for being here. Your support means so much. Now that we're done with the plug... Let's jump in to the podcast. Jenna, how you feeling over there? Feeling good. This yeah. is um this is a subject that is something that you know is very personal to us. It's us sharing our personal story of how we got into and out of debt and how bad decisions we turned around into good decisions and and it was really worth it. Yeah. And before we get into it, one last thing. We want to hit you with our gratitude point. I'm looking at Jenna's face and I'm thinking that she might not have had one in her head yet, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you go first. (laughs) Um, So recently I had a bit of a knee injury and it's since healed. It didn't heal itself. I riced it. I did rice, ice, uh, rice. Come on, Matt. Rest, ice, compression, elevation. And sure enough, the knee is doing just fine. And. I'm just happy to have functioning knees. Thinking about, you know, I'm only 29 years old right now. I know there's going to come a day where I may have knee problems. So I'm very happy to have functioning knees as of right now. By the way, if you're just now, if this is your first episode, this gratitude point is something that we come up with off the spot, off the top of our head, something that we're grateful for. We feel that it gives us perspective to take a point and be grateful for something each day. It gives you perspective to see if you're having a rough day, man, things aren't that bad when you have functioning knees or whatever it may be. So I encourage you to dig and see what are you grateful for today. Speaking of, Jenna, hit them with it. <laughs> so I this morning, um, I was able to sleep in a little bit. And when I woke up, there were magically pancakes ready for me to eat. You're welcome. <laughs> and, you know, I think the point there is that every once in a while, it's worth sleeping in a little bit and I I thank you Matt for letting me sleep in and for magically making those pancakes appear when I woke up (laughs) so gratitude of pancakes and sleep yes yes (laughs) yeah I think even the small things um, can be more impactful than the big things at times you know like I I just love that I love that Um, all right so on this podcast whenever we have a topic we want to bring you value we want to bring you points that you can take away so jenna and i were talking about this concept before we hopped on the mics and i said why don't we give actual numbers numbers that were actually ours because i feel like it gets lost in translation when you 
don't know the numbers. Somebody can tell you a story about how they got in and out of $30,000 of debt. And they can tell you, well, we did this, we did that. But until you hear like the actual numbers behind it, it loses some translation. So I wanted to be completely transparent. So does Jenna. So we're going to throw it out there. Yeah, I think it's helpful to quantify it rather than just saying we started putting money in savings. Yeah. Well, how much, you know, $5 versus whatever, you know, it it makes more sense to give real numbers. Yeah. I mean, I, I got nothing to hide. So, yeah. Um. So, give them a time frame of when this actually was. Um, it was about three years ago. So, 2016. Or three and a half years ago, yeah. Okay. Um, so, in, in that time frame, Matt had been out of nursing school and working for about a year. Um, and I had been, you know, working as a nurse for about 10 years at that point. Um, so, we had accumulated a little bit of debt with Matt not working full-time while he was in nursing school. Um, But most of the accumulation was just from spending stuff on things that weren't immediately important to spend money on. And I think that's important to realize we weren't tracking our finances. So really we weren't looking at money in versus money out. And we had no idea really what we were spending our money on. It's just at the end of, the month we had nothing left so we were putting it on credit cards and taking out loans and it it was a snowball effect where it, we didn't accumulate it overnight it was over several years but it added up to the point of I was having to work extra and so was Matt just to pay the bills not to be enjoying our time and that really added up to we were not enjoying any of this working extra because we were just trying to pay the bills yeah, and I remember looking back when we were sort of on the path of getting out of this $30,000 of debt, but I remember looking back and thinking like, what were we just doing? Like we weren't going on trips all the time and we weren't like, we didn't have a bunch of shiny new things that I could remember that were just so monumental. Like there was, there was not like a significant life improvement for when we were spending all this money. Like I honestly can't remember many things that we spent this money on that I'm like, oh yeah, well that was worth it because we had memories out of it. It wasn't memories. It was just stuff. Yeah. And I think we were in that mindset where a lot of people are where whatever money you have in the bank, like, well, what can I spend that amount on and then spend it? Yeah. And it wasn't something that was monumental or memorable or even really tangible. It was just, okay, I have $10 to spend. What can I spend all $10 on right now? Yeah. We had zero thought of, all right, we have $10. How can we make each one of these dollars be our employee and work for us? Or, you know, put away for a rainy day or whatever you want to say. But I just, we had such a different mindset. And I remember what started this was I have a good friend, Andrew Martin, who is also our financial advisor. He is the one that truly got us on this path. And if you heard, uh, if you heard episodes before, we had an episode with him on talking about uh, finances and all that. But this is sort of a continuation because I, I felt that we didn't want to go too deep in with Andrew about our personal, because right. I didn't want to make it so centric about us. But this uh, this episode's different. <laughs> Let's talk all about us. Um, <laughs> so that's yeah. So Andrew, thank you. If you're listening, buddy, we really appreciate you getting us on the right path. I, I look at him as our personal trainer of finance. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to that point, um, we were in a lot of debt and, you know, we were very unhappy with our finances and 
you know, every penny that was coming in was going out. Yeah. We had no savings. I was drowning in, you know, high interest credit card debt. Yeah. And Matt comes to me one day and says, I made an appointment with a financial advisor. And I was like, you've got to be kidding, right? Like, yeah. How can we afford that? Right. Yeah. So, but we went and we went through, it was honestly very humbling. It was. To say out loud to someone who is a professional of why we're in this debt and what we spent this money on and how embarrassing it was to just say out loud, like I, I spent this much money on X, Y, and Z yeah. and now I can't pay my bills. You're right. It was, it was humbling or it was having humility to sit down and be like, all right, this is what I've been doing. Right. Um, you know, and we wanted to, like, like we said earlier, we wanted to give actual tangible, tangible steps that we took. And I think the very first thing that we started doing was, you know, we went to Andrew Martin, but the first thing that he had us start doing was figuring out how much money is coming in and how much money is going out. Yep. So we literally sat down and figured out, all right, we get this much money per two weeks, per month, whatever. And then we figured out every single bill that we have. And then whatever wasn't a bill was, if it wasn't necessary spending, it was frivolous. Right. So we, we cut the fat. We cut the fat a thousand percent. And I, I always make the translate translation, and I did in that podcast with Andrew Martin, that this is the same thing as, you know, if you're trying to lose weight or gain weight or lose fat or uh, Gain fat for whatever reason you might do that. Um, or gain muscle. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> My brain was going a little fast there. Um, you know, it's the same concept of knowing how many calories are coming in and how many calories are going out. It's the same. It's budgeting. Right. That's all it is. Yep, absolutely. Um, so we did that, and there were quite a few things that on the outside when we were like, oh, my gosh, yeah, we need that. We need this. We need that. Yeah. Um, I think a perfect example was our massage envy. <sighs> That, that just makes me embarrassed to say on these mics right now, but it's true. It's true. You know, the idea behind getting that membership was a good idea. We yeah. wanted to do couples massages. That was something that we thought would be important to spend time with. Oh, how f- I'm so, how first world is this to yeah. say that right yeah. now? Yeah. Sorry. Go um, ahead. I but cut then you we got busy and to have a couples massage, you both need to spend, have time available to go make this appointment. And we kept just not making our appointments. So we had all these credits that we had paid for. We weren't going. So the point of spending that much money every month for two memberships was ridiculous. And you know what? I even remember I, I even remember thinking in that moment, because we were working so much, that it, we had those credits. We could have gone, but there was a tip involved. Right. I remember that being the specific point that I didn't want to go in there and not tip that uh, massage therapist or masseuse, whatever you want to call them. And that, that was like, that was the tipping point for me. I was like, I, I just didn't want to tip them. And I didn't, you know, I, it wasn't that I didn't want to tip them is that I, I knew I shouldn't be tipping them. Uh, once we started really looking at it. And so that was the first thing we started doing, really looking at the expenses. So the massage envy, I remember we got rid of cable mm-hmm. and I, I remember that saying it out loud just sounded preposterous, you know, having access to cable is such a basic thing here in the States, but we haven't had cable since. I think we've been without cable now for like three years. I feel like it's been longer than that. Yeah, At least three like years. It feels like a long time. Yeah. And I thought it, it sounded so preposterous yeah. and I was actually pretty frustrated with you about that one. I went on a rampage and there's, there's something that I do whenever, whenever my head or my heart gets set on something and like I'm all in, if my heart is in it, I am all 
in. And uh, regardless of what anybody thinks about me or how they look at me, that's just who I am, how I am. I guess it's, it's, it's obsessive really. And that's what it was. Yeah. So we went through, looked at absolutely everything. We wrote down what you were spending your money on, Matt, what I was spending my money on, how much money we were making every month and really put it down on paper and looked at what is absolutely necessary and what isn't, what can we cut because we're, we're drowning here. We can't, this isn't sustainable. That's, I'm glad you brought that up. We did put it on paper. You know, I have found through journaling and all my things that I do for, um, you know, mental health, mental wellness, that putting it on paper makes it so much more real than just being like, all right, yeah, we got to spend this much this month or we can't buy, you know, Taco Bell, you know, like, right. It makes you more accountable too. Mm -hmm. And then when you get into that, um, you know, when you're a couple weeks out and you forget all these bullet points or you get into that tough spot of really sticking to it, you can go back to what's written down and realize, oh, this is why you can, you know, recenter yourself. It's easy to get sidetracked. Yeah. And, and reorient, reorient yourself to that goal. But if it's just in your head, when you get into that pinch and you're like, I want to quit or why am I doing this? If it's not on paper, you tend to really forget what that goal is and stray away from your goals. Yeah. Once we were able to stop that bleeding, uh, I think the next thing that Andrew had us focus on was paying ourselves first. And I remember Andrew telling us that, and I thought it was such a strange concept. I thought it was, I I remember it. My initial feeling was that's selfish. I remember thinking that's selfish. Uh, Like, I guess because, you know, you're always told you need to pay your bills before you do anything. You better pay your bills. And I'm not saying we excluded our bills ever. Absolutely. Of course, pay your bills, whatever your responsibility, pay it, but pay yourself first. Right. And so it goes back to the budgeting of how much is coming in and how much is going out and figuring out a realistic amount that you're going to pay yourself first, not I'm going to pay myself half of my paycheck and then the rest I'm just going to have to figure out with my bills. Mm -hmm. No, the reason why we chose the number that we did to put into savings every month was based on our budget. So that money was realistically available to pay ourselves and still pay our bills. And I think another point that Andrew made that was just a total aha moment to me was I had um, maxed out this high interest credit card and I was just throwing every penny that I had at this credit card, every penny, every penny. Do you remember what the rate was? It was like 23%. Like my minimum payment was like $400. 200 of that was going to interest every month or something crazy. Like I, more than half of my payment every month was, was going to interest, which was just. Makes you want to vomit. That yes, makes me want to vomit. Yes. So I was telling him, you know, I, I'm putting every penny that I've got towards this credit card and he asked the question back well what if something happens to your house for example and you need to pay for that how would you pay for it and I was like well I guess I'll have to put it back on my credit card and he was like well does that make sense yeah exactly (laughs) he's like that's why you need to make an emergency savings while you're trying to pay your debt down so you don't reaccumulate and reaccumulate debt because you know at some point Something's going to happen and you're going to need to spend that money. Don't let your credit card be your emergency savings if you can help it. Right. And so the next point that, you know, she's making there is the emergency fund. Before we go on to that, I just want to say the, so when we're talking about paying ourselves first, that was to set a precedence and say, look, this is the money that we're going to have to save 
we're going to have to have to accomplish the goals that we want. And literally every two weeks, we took 500 bucks and threw it into savings, um, you know, for whatever the goal was. And, you know, what that was, what that $500 every two weeks was, was to work toward this emergency fund. If you don't know what an emergency fund is, it's three to six months worth of the income that you have. So let's say you lost your job or whatever, you would have that to pay your bills. By the way, I don't think I mentioned it at the top. We are not financial advisors at all. So please don't, please don't take this blindly. Do your own homework. This This is is just, this this is our our story. Yeah. This is what happened with us. So, and I think it makes it more tangible um, for those of you listening to know our story rather than us just giving you blanket advice to really know real stories with real struggles and real examples of of how we got ourselves out of our debt. Yeah, exactly. And so I remember him saying three to six months worth of income. And I just thought to myself, what? Like, you know, (laughs) you, you look at that as such a mountain because if you, if you add up what your, your, income is or you know how how much your bills are or what you have to have per month to live you add that up and you're you're like three to six months how is that possible but it's just baby steps it's making sure that every two weeks or every month you have thrown aside what you need to throw aside to accomplish the goal and it took again it took a year and a half to accomplish all this but when we when we got to that point it was an amazing feeling but in the middle of it it was really tough I think yeah. I think it was really tough. Yeah. And it helped that we were both on the same page because we kept each other accountable. Yeah. When, you know, one one of us was struggling, uh, most often the other one of us, you know, stayed strong uh, because it was really difficult to really put our noses down and not go waste money, even just a couple of dollars here and there. Absolutely. That's right. During the time where we really got serious about meal prepping, too. And I know Matt started meal prepping because he wanted to account for his calories and protein and all that. I got on board with meal prepping when I couldn't afford to keep buying fast yeah. food on the way home every day. And for, you know, for for reference, this this really started in the end of 2014, the start of 2015. So I was fairly new to it, but. In 2014, you might have heard me tell this this story before. 2014, I did all the grocery shopping, or no, added up the grocery shopping. And in 2014, we spent $14,000, give or take. And that's going out, getting drinks, you know, getting Bertoli meals, getting fast food, all that, $14,000 in one year. The following year, 2015, at the end, uh, I had started meal prepping in January in December added up everything and it was about $7,000 that was in that was pretty much including everything going out and all that now granted we were neurotic about you know not going out frivolously and it's not to say that we never did but it was really really precise on when we would it was an occasion that was um, you know we turned down a lot of invites because we were so focused on the goal but that major point of seeing a $7,000 swing just by cooking at home, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. that is a major raise for someone. Right. And, you know, when we did go out, it was just being more conscious of, you know, rather than getting three glasses of wine, I would just get water. Rather yeah. than getting each of us getting an appetizer, we just got each got an entree. We didn't get dessert or, you know, we still went out. We still spent time with friends 
And you know what? If you don't get all of those things, you can still have a good time. Yeah. And like w- the food that you eat isn't making the evening great. No. And we do that still, actually. Yeah. I'm a little, I'm maybe a little more neurotic than I should be, but. You're definitely more neurotic than I am. Yeah. So there's a <laughs> About little bit. a lot of things. There's a little bit of balance <laughs> you got to have there. And luckily I have Jenna for that. Um, but, you know, another point that we realized was at that point you had some credit card debt on top of everything that we had, like, um, that we were talking about, but you switched it to a no interest credit card. Yes. So that was one thing that Andrew encouraged us to do is to find a no interest or low interest credit card. That way I can stop throwing half of my payment every month out the window to interest. And quite honestly, my credit at that point was not great. And I, had a difficult time finding a credit card company that would take I didn't realize that. all of that debt. So I had to split it up into two credit cards. I, I don't remember that. That's crazy. Yep. Okay. Nice. Well, yeah. that's, but that's, that's another point in itself right there. So if you can't get the, the amount that you need on one credit card, just getting two, yeah. you know, with a no interest. And you, I mean, you, the viewer, the viewer, I got to, I'm a YouTuber as well. So check out Matt Lane Fitness on YouTube, but <laughs> I, I'm still trying to break this viewer, you, the listener, you know, that there are, you get a statement about a credit card saying, hey, for the next 85 months, you ain't got to pay any interest, you know, just spend X amount of dollars. So, you know, utilizing that and then making sure you're sticking to the goal. And that's exactly what you did, Jenna. Right. Yeah. And we were very focused on it. You know, we put everything down on paper. We watched our bank accounts very closely. And that really helped us keep on track with seeing you know, the debt go down slowly and the emergency savings going up, it really helped us keep on track. You know, Matt got in the the habit of asking me because our emergency savings was in one of my accounts. So he would ask me every payday, how much is in our emergency savings? How much is in our emergency savings? And that really kept us on track of, we really saw the debt, the debt yeah. dropping and our emergency fund increasing and that really helped us keep on track rather than us not paying attention to the numbers. Exactly. Yeah. A thousand percent. And like you were saying earlier, as far as like we had a cohesive team effort to knock out $30,000 worth of debt. I mean, had you not been on board, had I not been on board, if one of us would have been a little more into it, then it would not have worked. Like we both had to be fully in and I, I'm unbelievably grateful for you for putting your nose to the grindstone because I mean it was a big shift for both of us yeah it was I think the biggest shift for me because how I've always been focused on is stuff and accumulating stuff and spending every penny that I have plus some so um you know you really helping coach me on this random thing sitting in the living room that cost you x amount of dollars what does it really mean to you? That's very, yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about that until you just said that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there was one day we watched a, a documentary on minimalism and I looked at Matt and I said, there's nothing in this house that's, you know, extra. Like we don't, we don't have all this stuff sitting around that doesn't mean anything. And he was like, you've got to be kidding, right? Like there's so much stuff in this house that isn't sentimental. So I challenged him. I'm like, well, go find something that you think is not essential to our house and he came back with some random thing that was sitting somewhere. 
I think it was a, like a statue of a dog or something. Yeah. You know, because we have three dogs, we love them to death, but it's, it wasn't like an American bulldog replica of our dog. It wasn't like handed to us from one of our grandparents. It meant nothing. It right. was just something we saw. I'm like, oh, that's cute. We got dogs too. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I think it was just a really a big light bulb that came on. Just this simple thing of him going and being like, what does this mean to you? And me realizing, well, nothing. But that was probably $20 that we just threw away for a statue that I have to dust every other week. (laughs) Well, and you know, I was just sitting here thinking the beautiful thing about a partnership for this is that I have the ability to, to, to keep you accountable. Like, and I've never had a problem coming to you and being like, Hey, this is not benefiting you. This is not correct. You know, like this is not good for you. Um, because I love you and anybody, anybody in my circle, if I give a crap about you, I'll tell you the truth. Yep. If I, if I do not like you, I'll tell you, I'll I'll tell you the opposite. You know, I'll say, (laughs) Oh, I feel you or I got you. Oh yeah, I get it. Like the people around you, you should be, you should, I mean, you should be honest with everybody, but the people around you, if they truly love you, they'll tell you the truth. So if you have a partner and you're kind of struggling with this concept, I would put it gently, of course, Put it, you know, in a way that you know they'll receive it best. But be honest, you know. And what this boils down to, I think, is throughout this process, we realized we were entitled as hell. Yeah. We, we had such a sense of like, well, I deserve this. We worked hard. We're working extra. So we deserve the food or right. what, what the hell ever. Yeah. And we got into this mindset that I worked really hard, so I deserve this. Well, in reality... We worked really hard because we're in debt and we needed to work extra or work harder to pay for our debt. So it was the cycle of, you know, we work extra to pay for something and then we feel like we deserve a reward. So then we waste our money on the reward that was really meant to go towards paying something off. And I think that's a common problem with a lot of people. that You, you don't even realize you're doing it. Um, and, and I think that's part of it. And this is an off subject too, but it's part of why I gained so much weight during that time is because it was a, a sense of I'm working really hard and I'm stressed out. So I deserve that fast food or I deserve that ice cream. And you know, that that's the snowball effect. Yeah. And I'm not saying you don't deserve a reward, but make it something that's useful and not hurtful. Yeah, exactly. And, then, and that's, so the entitlement, I, I didn't realize that going into this financial plan. You know, I just thought it was like, we just got to figure out numbers. And that's the whole point of this topic was it boiled down to behavior change. The only reason we accomplished this is because we looked at it just so differently. Uh, and how we look at money now as compared to how we looked at it then is just so different. It's because of the behavior that we changed with ourselves. Yep. You know, yep. we had nobody to blame but ourselves. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I didn't grow up being conscious of finances. So finances have always been just this monumental thing that I'm never going to be able to get, you know, wrap my mind around. Mm-hmm. So you coming to me and saying we need to get our finances in order was just overwhelming to think about. But when we broke it down, it's really pretty simple. And and I think that's a, 
a great place to start is just breaking it down to step by step how I'm going to get from point A to point B. And that's really where Andrew helped. Um, And I think that's why you go to a financial advisor. It's the same thing of why you go to a personal trainer. You don't wait till you're strong and gained your muscle or lost your weight or whatever your goals are to go to a personal trainer. Yeah. You go to a personal trainer when you have a goal that you need help accomplishing. Exactly. And I think that, I don't think, I know, a lot of self-awareness was built in this. A lot of self-awareness was built that it took, it took time to step back and realize, oh, wait a minute. I was the problem this whole time. It wasn't just circumstantial. It wasn't, right. you know, it was just, it was figuring out that entitlement. The reason we figured out the entitlement was because we started creating self-awareness. And the way that I found best to do that and still am finding best to do that is to educate yourself. One of the, probably it is, it's the first book that has changed my life that I read uh, was Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I read it and then I had Jenna uh, read it and it just, that book completely 180'd my mindset on money. Yep. It, yeah, it did. I highly encourage you to read it. You can get the audio book because that's what I did. Um, just the way Robert Kiyosaki goes about it, um, it's truly a way to create financial freedom for yourself. Before we wrap things up, I, there was one more thing that was involved in this that I think would benefit you guys. I want to ask you specifically, putting you on the spot, Jenna, your history of your mindset of stuff. So like, think about back to that point of how you thought about stuff as to how you think about stuff now. And like, okay, we have the money, so I want to buy X. And as compared to now, do you feel like it's different? Yeah, absolutely. So before we went through this transformation, um, my focus was always on, I think what other people thought of what I had. And once I stopped trying to keep up with the Joneses and stop trying to impress people with the stuff that I had when I realized that my coworkers know how much money I make because they make the same amount. So if I'm going up. Why are you trying to ball out? Right. right like if yeah. I'm showing up with this super expensive purse or whatever, they know how much money I make. It's yeah. not like they're thinking, oh my gosh, she must make so much money. What they probably are thinking is, how much is on her credit card or, you know, I'm not, I'm not impressing anybody with my handbag. Why do you, and tell me what I'm digging in here. Why do you think it is that, why do you think it is that you had to get that stuff for them? Like, what was the reason behind that? Um, I think maybe just growing up and uh, uh, that's always been my mindset. Even when I was a kid, you know, like I had to have, uh, you know, the the popular girl had these tennis shoes, so I needed to go get those to be the cool kid, too. So do you think it was acceptance from the jump? Acceptance, yeah. and Confidence? You know, Im- impressing other people okay. rather than having people relate to me on a personal level. Mm-hmm. It was what they thought of me from a distance. Okay, yeah. You feel like you feel like it's different now than a few years ago, as far as like how you. Because I remember it being much different. I rem- I can see the difference even still. That you know, back in the day, you were much more worried about what other people thought as compared mm-hmm. to now. Do you think? Do you think it was the actual 
process that you went through with changing this money or do you think it was your fitness that changed that? And we're getting a little off topic here, but I think it still applies like this behavior change and self-awareness created this $30,000 that we knocked out. Yeah. I think it was the transformation of doing things for other people to doing something for me. Boom. So now if I buy something, it's because it's for me. It's something that's going to make me happy. Or even if it's a pair of pants or a necklace or, you know, I'm not spending the money so that, you know, person X over here thinks that I'm cool because I have this flashy new necklace. Yeah. You know, I'm buying it because I like it. And that's changed my style. It's changed how I feel about myself mm. because I'm not wearing it for you. I'm wearing it for me. Right. Um, because I, I'm not doing things for other people anymore. I'm, I'm doing things because it's what I want to do. And that's changed how I spend my money. It's how mm. it's changed how I look at myself and it's changed why I do things. And that's really helped us stay out of debt. And you've done an incredible job. You've grown so much. I've been able to watch it. And I don't say that as like a like a weird, like, oh, good job. You're now where I am. That's definitely not what it is. But it, it's been cool to see you grow. Yeah, absolutely. You know, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have, you know, been caught dead, um, you know, driving a 10-year-old car that's got dings and scratches on it. Um, but now, guess what? I pay zero dollars a month for that. And that's worth so much more than having a car payment. Uh, you know, those extra couple hundred dollars a month I can put towards going on vacation or, you know, do, doing something else that provides happiness for both of us yeah. rather than impressing some random person on the street with my flashy car. The amount of freedom that I feel and that I felt initially when we hit our initial goal of having $10,000 in our emergency savings, when we hit that, first of all, I was dumbfounded. I was dumbfounded to know that we had that sitting aside, which in reality, it's really not that much money. I know it sounds like a preposterous amount of money, but it's really not that much money. Um, but I just remember being so dumbfounded in the amount of comfort that I had to know that if if stuff hits the fan, like we prepared for it. Yep. Um, and it, that's just... There's nothing that can replace that. And I'm not saying that you need to hit 10 grand or you need to be wherever we are. Whatever your financial picture is, put it in scale to you. You know, I, I mean, everybody has their own different income and outgoing and all that. So figure out what it is for you. Yeah. And I think another point there is that we're speaking to our experience. By no means does that mean that we're perfect. Absolutely not. Um, we've struggled a lot with this. I think that's something that I'm never going to be perfect at because I love spending money, mm -hmm. but I spend it in a different way now and it's much more controlled it is. than it used to be. It and, really is. You know, we, we have that emergency savings. We have other savings accounts too. I stay within my budget. I don't, you know, just put it all on a credit card and then I don't know how to pay it off. Yeah. Um, so while I still spend a portion of my money on things that aren't absolutely essential. Um, I, I don't get crazy with it and I don't go overboard. Exactly. Well, I think we beat this drum enough unless you got any other closing remarks. I think that's it. Just, oh. you know, break it down, take it step by step, 
seek some counsel. If you don't have a financial advisor that you feel comfortable going to, listen to some podcasts, yeah. you know, read about it. There's, um, a, there's, there's a go ahead, an go ahead. infinite amount of information at your fingertips all the time. There is. Um, use it. There is a guy on YouTube as of, as of the recording of this in 2019, what's today? August 6, 2019. Um, his name is Graham Stephan. Uh, G-R-A-H-A-M Stephan. S-T-E-P-H-A-N. Awesome financial YouTuber. Um, I've learned quite a bit from him. So what we're doing now is we're sort of in like a second phase of our financial picture and what we're doing. So we're still working towards stuff. We're still working on an emergency fund and um, it's just different goals now. And he is an incredible source for that. So rather than beating this thing to death, thank you guys so much for being here. We truly hope that you gained value from this. We hope there are pieces of this that you can use for yourself from our experiences. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for listening to our stories. Thank y'all so much. We'll see you next week. Talk to you next week. One of those. This has been the Better Than Yesterday Everyday Podcast. We want to thank you for listening and invite you to subscribe to the show as well. And follow Matt Lane Fitness on YouTube. Until next time, you don't have to be perfect. Just be better than yesterday every day.